0: Eat Yourself Better podcast is brought to you by Be Fit Food, where food is the first medicine.
1: Today on the show, Amanda Campbell.
2: And so my worst fears were realised at age 29 and over a slow, cruel 10 days, the entire left hand side of my body slowly became paralysed.
1: Welcome back to the Eat Yourself Better podcast where we chat health, food and well-being with some incredible guests and today our guest is Amanda Campbell who's a kinesiologist, motivational speaker and MS ambassador. She talks us through her incredible journey with multiple sclerosis and Kate Save and myself caught up with Amanda in Melbourne. So welcome Amanda, how are you?
2: Good Jimmy, thank you so much for having me today and hi Kate. Hi. So excited.
1: Thanks for coming in. Um, Look, there is a life-changing moment in your life, but we'll get to that. I want to know a little bit about your upbringing. You were telling us just a little bit off air before that you used to do some singing because we're in this recording studio here and you Mm -hmm. and your twin sister. I
2: know. It reminded me, just sitting here with the mics and the headphones. (laughs) Um, Yeah, my twin sister Nicole and I, we had a huge passion for music when we were younger. So we were actually lucky when we attended... When we were at school, we went to schools that not only offered sports but academics but music as well. So we Mm. found ourselves in the music school, started learning instruments, but it became such a profound um, passion of ours. We decided – so Nicole was actually diagnosed with Crohn's disease when we were 11. Mm -hmm. She was really sick with it when we were young, but she finally recovered. So we finished year 12, went off to university. We weren't sure what we really wanted to do, but we were on a path of criminology, maybe law. Mm-hmm. But Nicole recovered and we figured life was too short. So we mm-hmm. decided to defer uni and pursue our dream of singing and dancing full time and that's what we did. Awesome! We went and studied musical theatre and dance at Dance Factory. Amazing. In mm-hmm. Richmond.
1: Yeah, brilliant.
2: Uh, which is where we met um, our my friend Nikki Whelan. And <laughs> um, leg warmers and, you know, that whole oh, – that was so much fun. And did
0: you do that's the, the cheerleading with Nikki as no. well? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> that was
2: fun. So we Used to go and watch her, yeah. Um, but Nicole and I decided that you know we were more on the singing path, so we went and um met up with producers, and we started to sing and write our own music, which Brilliant. we loved. We did that for years and years and years.
1: Well, it'd be great if we could track down a track for the podcast, but we might not be able to. I have to get permission from you and your sister. Well, it used mm, to be yeah. all up
2: on MySpace, but they t- <laughs> t- took it all <laughs> down. Oh. You know what? I need to upload it on SoundCloud. That's the yeah,
1: new that's it. Place, that's the hip. That's it? where they're all at. <laughs>
2: Yeah, no, no, look, it's pretty 90s and, you know, bit of there's a bit of R&B, there's even a bit of rap, there's a bit of pop, but, but we're proud because we wrote our own songs yeah, with, with multiple different producers. One was Missy Higgins's brother.
1: Oh, oh awesome.
2: Yeah, David uh, Higgins.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I was just going to try and guess his name. Oh, yeah, <laughs> oh, man Steve, oh, yeah. Steve. <laughs> David Higgins, um, David Higgins, amazing.
2: So, to a few different genres that we kind of dived into. And then, of course, we had to pay the rent and Nicole. <laughs> 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 struggling musicians. No, but Nicole went into um, beauty and she's an incredible makeup artist. And now she's got um, an eyebrow tattooing studio called Me and Brows. Awesome. And, um, and then I went off into fashion mm-hmm. and just randomly fell into it, but realized. Um, I, I just found something I was really good at. I became a personal assistant behind the scenes helping designers. So I did that all through my 20s. And, um, but around the age of 19, when we were study- studying musical theatre and dance and singing, that's when I first started to experience symptoms of pins and needles down the left-hand side of my face and fingertips. And so I went and had it checked out. I thought, oh, I'll go to my GP, better get this checked out. Mm-hmm. And he said, mm, let's get an MRI. Mm-hmm. So I had an MRI and they found just this one dot on my brain. So they didn't really know what it was. Okay. So, you know, what do you do? You just kind of get on with it.
1: So I just want to take a step back for a second. Yeah. It's in a moment in your life where you're exploring musical theatre and singing and you're having a great time. Yeah. Was there a certain um, point yeah, which you thought this isn't, this isn't right?
2: The career or my health? Your, your health. Oh, no, I was fine. Everything seemed fine. I, I, was it,
1: so was a gradual I'm feeling pins and needles a bit more often? Um,
2: well, in hindsight, looking back now, even though in the moment, of course, I was young and I felt mm-hmm. fine, but looking back now, which is everything about what I do now, is I think we all have goals yeah. and we have ideas. I want love. I want success. I want health in my life. And sometimes um, our goals align with what we believe about ourselves and what we believe can be possible. I think when I was younger, I definitely didn't believe in myself as much as I do now and I'm still working on it. But I call that the inner conflict when you want something and it doesn't align with what you believe about yourself or what you believe can be possible and how you think and feel and what you believe is a mirror image of the biochemistry you fire and also how you interpret what you see around you and how you perceive stress. So little did I know at that time, even though I felt fine yeah, and yeah. people out there might relate to this, I feel fine. But really on the inside, there was probably a little bit of inner turmoil um, which led to a lack of, you know, I wasn't able to create in my life. I I always felt like I couldn't make things happen, but that's because I wasn't believing it could. And so, yeah, that I believe that did lead to um you know, health issues. So that's when I first experienced those symptoms. So they only found one lesion in my brain then at an age 19. And so then I just got on with my life and I fell into the fashion industry yeah. and did all that. But five years later at age 24, the symptoms came back. But this time a little bit worse. So instead of pins and needles on the left-hand side of my fingers and face, it turned into more weakness and so I was like, oh, okay, so I went and had another MRI, but this time I had my results analysed by a neurologist. Mm-hmm. And those scans showed multiple lesions. Uh, that I think there was two on the, on the right side of my brain and one now at the top of my spine. And so Dr. Lawrence Scher, bless mm-hmm. his cotton socks, he looked at me and he said, oh, Amanda, I'm so sorry, but we can now diagnose you with MS.
0: Wow. And, and what- yeah, what went through your
2: mind then? Oh. What did you know about MS? before this? Not a lot but what I do know is from that moment on I started to focus all of my energy on what I was scared of and what I didn't want because that's what we do when we're stressed we go to worst case scenarios and we entertain we go into our heads Mm -hmm. and we think of um, negative things because that's the safest way your brain goes into that protective mode and I started to believe even more that I wasn't be able to I'm not going to have a normal life I'm not going to be creative I didn't believe in myself. Mm. I feel I'm not going to have a family. I'm not going to have a career, and that led to more and more inflammation, stress, degeneration. Um, and I lived my life um, feeling, I guess, quite frightened on the inside, but on the outside, I was still singing and I had yeah. my career. And I, but I couldn't quite make things happen. And um, what yeah. year was this? Just. Age twenty four, I was diagnosed. As what,
1: what, what year? What, what, what 2004. year? Two thousand four. Two thousand four. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's like it's an early time because I think it, these days um, with the internet and stuff, you know, like yeah. there's there's a lot of information. There's a little less information back then, I guess. Um, just widely available. So yeah. Did you did you go researching? Yep. MS and mm-hmm. sure
2: did, and you know you you but you'll find positive stories and you'll find negative stories with mm. anything that you research. Yeah. Um, you'll find um. But whatever you're focused on, your brain, you know, because of the reticular activation system, whatever you're focused on, your brain's job is to bring to notice more of that in your environment around you. So when you're stressed, you focus on what you don't want, you're going to see more of that and mm-hmm. you're also going to exacerbate adrenaline, cortisol and a stressful fight or flight response. Whereas when you are more calm and in the moment, which is something that I practice now, it, you are in your most creative state uh, and that's when you'll, your body will go, oh, I don't I don't need to prioritise survival anymore. We're okay. We don't need to stay alive. We're good. And your body will then switch into growth and repair. And all of my work is around that. But I didn't know that back then. I Mm -hmm. had no idea. So I lived my life for five years from 24 up until 29 living in fear, not looking after myself. Everything was a mirror image of what I believed. You know, I went out later. I worked Mm -hmm. harder. Anything to disconnect more and more from my body to to hide these painful emotions I was feeling. Um, And so my worst fears were realised at age 29 and over a slow, cruel 10 days, the entire left-hand side of my body slowly became paralysed.
1: Really? That far? Like, I know it was probably a bit more gradual, but you found over 10 days that it… Yeah,
2: it was around 10 days just slowly, just little tiny muscles just started to twist and die in my face, my neck, my shoulder, my arm, my hand… Or the whole left side, draw a line down the middle of yeah, my body, wow. the whole left side. So what happens when you have a relapse like that and we call it, it was a new lesion on the right side of my brain that mm-hmm. controlled motor skill area of my right. body. And so it was just that one lesion that just got me. And so I went to hospital and I had three days of steroids to reduce the inflammation. Um, typical treatment for a new lesion. And I... But I still couldn't move. So they decided. And what were the
0: doctors telling you at this point?
2: Well, you know, you go into hospital and it's just a normal relapse that, you know, this mm. happens. And they said, well, we need to just reduce the inflammation in the brain to, to stop damage. And that's the first interaction, intervention, I should say. Yeah. And then they decided to extend that to a total of five days. But I wasn't responding to treatment. And that's, I was at Epworth, Richmond. And then they decided to transfer me to a rehabilitation centre where I would live for two months.
0: Is that uh-huh. the Austin? The no, at the thing? Epworth Richmond. Oh right, yeah, there's, okay. there's a few
2: different ones. Yeah. The, and that's where I would live for two months, and that's where the real work began. Mm-hmm. But first, I sat in front of another doctor, checking me into rehab, who then explained I may never walk again. Wow. We were wow. now just—it was, was just a waiting game I, to see if I would respond to treatment and whether you. Now I understand whether you have a stroke, you've had a stroke or an MS relapse. If you become paralyzed, you really want movement to. Come back as fast as, fast as, possible. as possible. That's mm. the best chance you've got. There's a bit of a time window for it to come back. That was the hardest, darkest time of my life. And who was with
0: you when you got that news?
2: Um, when I think I was actually with mum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, and my twin sister was with me. Most of the time, bless mm. her, she would even sleep in my hospital bed some nights Aww. and sometimes in the morning we'd have nice nurses and they would draw the curtains and say, morning twins, and they'd bring in breakfast for <laughs> two. And then sometimes we'd have, you know, other nurses that'd be like, why
0: are you here? What are you doing here? And Get Nicole out.
2: Would say, what do you mean? Go away. <laughs> yeah. So, no, it was just, um, and it was massive because Nicole went through such a similar experience, but she was so much younger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she had to be on steroids for Crohn's disease and her inflammation was about the gut. So it's so funny that everything turned full circle and she was able to then be there for me when, mm. I, was, when I was older. It would have been much harder for her because she was younger and, you know, we didn't have as – she wouldn't have felt as supported as I did because I had all my friends,
0: yeah. you know, my family, her around me during that time. And your friends were part of this turning point for you, weren't they? Yeah, absolutely. So tell us what happened next.
2: Well, so there were many, many weeks of no movement, black hole moments, staring into the best. I would sit in my wheelchair with the biggest, blackest sunglasses I could find because mm-hmm. I cried a lot, mm-hmm. <laughs> just contemplating my life. You know, I couldn't wash, walk or feed myself and um, I needed a lot of care. So I was only 29 years old. And, but um, every Tuesday night typically we would have girls' night but yeah. obviously i would, was living in hospital so yeah. i couldn't be there but sometimes my beautiful gorgeous very driven um, amazing career driven women would take the time and come and do girls night with me in rehab wow. and so there was one special night where they all came and nicole put me in my wheelchair and they we, we wheeled um they wheeled me across to the pub and we had
1: dinner. <laughs> <laughs> just
2: just got out of hospital for a few hours and yeah. just just sat up and just like this like we are now just having moments and laughing and just forgot about the 24-7 nightmare of my life just for a moment. And But something very special happened. If you notice, we live in a world of polarity and comparisons and how do you really know joy until you know the despair of darkness? And because I was going through such a difficult time that was all condensed in the last um, you know, month, just sitting at the table with my girlfriends having those moments, I felt joy and elation In a new way like I'd never had, it was like I was absorbing joy in every cell of my body. Mm. And as a result, um, I felt this electricity in my head and I came back to my room and my toe moved for the first time on my paralysed foot. And I was so over the moon and it was in that moment I found hope. And as a result of that mindset shift, I started to change what I was believing because I found the hope and I started to change – my focus changed. I started to focus on what I wanted because I felt calmer and happier with hope instead of what I didn't want, which is when I used to be stressed and I would focus on negatives and worst-case scenarios. So because of my mindset shift – Uh, So much changed for me. I I noticed without the use of the left-hand side of my body for quite some time now, I I noticed the power of the mind. And because I was changing what I was believing, I suppose um, now I understand it, that actually changes the biochemistry of your body. So I was promoting growth and repair more than survival and stress. Who knows? I Like I think I was also very lucky I, mm. and I'm not saying I have all the answers here at all but what I do know is when I started to shift what I was believing and I felt calmer with more motivation and drive um, and I started to believe it could be possible, I walked and ran in six weeks.
1: Wow. wow. It was just bizarre. Yeah. So to someone who doesn't know a lot about MS and a lot of listeners might not know a lot, is like what's a typical case because just from um, gathering information uh, yeah. as a as a human going through life. Yeah. Um, what you see, you hear about MS, and you think, oh, that's a degenerative disease that you'll have your whole your whole life. Yes. And you're diagnosed with MS, and it's just a slow progressive.
2: It can be. Uh, so yeah.
1: there are different. you know, I, yeah. I haven't. When I heard you had MS, and I look at you, I'm going, oh, it doesn't look like you do. Well, there's, there's because different... that's not the the case that you perhaps typically see yeah. in your life and what is, you know. Well, there's
2: a lot of people living with MS that um, are doing really well mm-hmm. and some people do really well their whole lives. Yeah, They stay in what mm. we call the relapsing remitting stage where if there is a relapse, you tend to come back um, into homeostasis. You tend to recover. Okay. Whereas when you have, And I'm lucky I've got only a few lesions. Mm -hmm. And since that paralysis, this is my 11th year, which celebrated last week, of no new lesions. So Mm -hmm. I'm lucky. I'm in a good spot. So I'm in early stages, which we call relapsing remitting, where if you have a relapse, you you'll come back and the and the disability will will um, rectify but if you have lots and lots and lots of lesions okay. it's harder then for your your nerves to go so um you know to find a new pathway so ms is a disease of the central nervous system the brain and the spinal cord mm-hmm. our, our immune system when we have ms is confused it feels like it needs to attack a foreign agent Um, that it's identified on the myelin. Mm -hmm. The myelin, if you look at these cords here, the myelin is the outer protection that protects all of the nerves anywhere in your brain and spine. And so it's attacking that and then that becomes inflamed. Right. And that the, the this is what allows electrical impulses to fire out to m- make messages occur. So so therefore symptoms can include blindness. You can stop swallowing. You right. can have nerve pain. You can have digestive issues, cognitive changes, um, anxiety and depression, bladder and bowel issues, paralysis. You know your brain's in charge of so Everything. much. So if yeah, so you've got to get to the bottom of why is your body in in attack mode, and how do I. How do I change that or calm that down? So obviously when you have a new lesion, it's very inflamed and that's why they give you steroids to reduce the inflammation. Mm-hmm. And then once that inflammation comes down, it becomes scar tissue. And then hopefully your body, because it's so intelligent, just mm. finds a new pathway and the disability that you've got while that's inflamed right. goes away. Does that make sense? Yeah, it
1: does make sense and it's such an interesting uh, it's, it's such an interesting explanation you've just given. Uh, uh, it makes total sense but in, in those – Inflamed areas uh, that can obviously not find a new pathway. Yeah, and it can't. It can't recover. Do those? Uh, the what did you call it? myelin? That? Myelin. Does it ever recover, or is it? It's actually the body has to find a new pathway around that area.
2: Well, it just depends how many lesions you have, and I think. If you imagine the inflamed site, then becomes scar tissue. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I, I mean, I, I'm definitely not a neurologist. so I don't have full, but I'm, I'm. What I do understand is sometimes the the electrical impulse will be out of fire. We'll still be able to go Depends through. how yeah. much damage okay. there is, and then if there's more damage, it might find a new pathway instead, or not at all. And that's mm-hmm. the difference between relapsing remitting MS primary progressive, post-progressive, there's different. So some people, and we're still trying to understand mm. this, why people go swiftly into this progressive mode where they just keep getting new lesions, new lesions, new lesions and right. facility, disability is so bad. But then why is it that some people like me yeah. have a few minor and, I, and one major episode and mm. mm. then I've sort of gone into remission. And, and you know, I, I And to, so you,
0: your mindset shift was you believe – the biggest thing that really helped you with your recovery.
2: For me, it really yeah. was.
0: But you said you also weren't looking after yourself. What did you change in your lifestyle as well? Hey, well, because how you think and feel and what you're
2: believing is a mirror image of your biochemistry. Um, my inner dialogue, my thoughts, um, how happy and resilient, I've, how I processed difficult emotions, mm. how I um, perceived stress, how I thought about circumstances that happened in the past – So, you know, I called my business Ben like Bamboo because it's all about being more flexible in your mindset so you can change your mind about what you're feeling and believing about yourself and then walking again is what did that for me, even though it was the most difficult thing that happened to me. Mm. If I didn't go through what I went through, I wouldn't have changed my mind about. So there was my life before walking again and there was my life after that moment and Mm. after I achieved that, I was like, oh, well, if I can do this, maybe I can live a happy life with Mm -hmm. MS, maybe I can fall in love and I did. Maybe I can build a career and I did on yeah. the back of my story, which was, yeah. you know, so I, then now I've changed my mind about what I'm capable of and what I'm deserving and that is a real mirror image of our health. And but when I was stressed um and I didn't believe in myself, all of my behavior mirrored that. So when I say I didn't look after myself, you know, I didn't um, sleep well. I maybe went out too much, but I was yeah. in my 20s like Yeah, yeah, As a realtor. I I didn't <laughs> eat that badly but i yeah. didn't really eat promote a lot of nutrition in, in my in how it, my choices yeah i think it was more toxic thoughts and emotions and stress and not letting go of the past all that kind of stuff and so i really think that when you can shift <clears throat> your inner environment in your mind it is connected to the biochemistry
0: of your body yeah and you also had um, quite a strong involvement in food in your career as well. did you want to tell us a little bit about um what you what you did? Well you food? know a
2: lot about that. <laughs> yes. That's how we, it was so cool talking to you the other day about it bonding with you about you know that journey um so when i um when i Oh, well quick I I I I recovered and I studied kinesiology because I and and I've opened Ben Like Bamboo, which is my business on mindset. But a year later I um I co-founded Nourish yeah. with Mofo and my partner. Mm-hmm. And um we went on so I we went on a mission to um nourish as many Australians as possible with nutrient dense food, with everything that I'd learned. Um because, you know, even though I walked again I came home, but I still had to lie down half the day. I still had multiple MS symptoms that I was dealing with that I needed to rectify and emotionally I was a different person. I had to fully rebuild. Yeah. And that caused me to research are there other stories out there of other people that have recovered like I had. And I started to focus on what I wanted more and and I pattern matched all, I wanted to find other stories of other people that had achieved what I did. So I came across Dr. Terry Walls, yeah. um, Professor Jelenic, Robert Tuchkan. There's so many amazing doctors that have gone through their own stories um, that have done studies on food, and it became a huge passion that not only is mindset important, but so is nourishing your body on a cellular mm. level with prop, real whole foods. And because we're time poor, you know, we're you know with singles, couples, new mums and dads, people working. Um, you know we we all work so much, we're time poor for different reasons. Yeah, it made sense to partner up with um with a great team to make it easier to to prepare
0: and choose um, better meal choices. And I guess it's so great to know that this does come back to what you put in your body is yeah. also, you know a part of the outcome too that, you've got to change your mindset but you've got to look after yourself and I think nourish is a really good word that really yeah. encompasses that it's too. true,
2: yeah, nourishing the mind and body and when you give the mind and body the uh, best environment to um, to um, be healthy and happy, you're going to it's going to be easier to change your mind about old stories that are redundant. You know, we wash our bodies and we brush our teeth every day. How do you wash your mind of yesterday's mm-hmm. old? Because we make create stories to make sense of things. Yeah. And sometimes in that moment the story is valid and it, keep, and, and it might be a story that protects us. But if you don't continually check in and change your mind about old ideas and stories, you know, it, it's going to restrict you and if you – That's where we feel that lack of willpower and we don't feel like our soul is expanding and that's where we achieve true fulfilment when you're growing Um, and, you know, you have to have an optimal mindset and you need to be eating well to do that.
1: So tell us about Bend Like Bamboo. Is this the mission statement behind Bend Like Bamboo?
2: To Bend Like Bamboo um, is to change your mind about what's possible and I believe that flexibility builds resilience. So when I'm not in the clinic helping clients one on one, I'm also doing um, resilience workshops with businesses Mm -hmm. because personally it's really great to um, optimize your mindset. But in business, obviously we go through so much, and you want to um, you know optimize engagement and productivity, and you want to you want to be able to problem solve at your best ability, and you need to have a, a calm and in the moment. Um, resilient mindset to do that, but we get so stressed at work. So I help people with that.
0: And I think for anyone who's listening now that's struggling with things that are so minor in comparison to what you've gone through, this is such an inspiring story because everybody has this ability. To do it on the inside, everybody Absolutely. can. And it
2: applies to anything. It doesn't, it's not about just walking again. Setbacks are designed to move you to a new path. We all go through stuff, whether it's a separation or it's a change in your life. We're fighting with our sister, whatever it is. It's it's the same thing. You, you've got mm. to. Um, learn how to deal with, wash your mind every day, see things from different perspectives, um, you know, change your mind about old ideas and stories.
0: And and what's the best way for someone to do that? So say we've got listeners now that are thinking they're feeling pretty low and it's just, you know, surmountable stress from work perhaps perhaps you know they've got low energy, or they haven't been sleeping, or they're not eating well. Where does someone start? How do you how do you get started?
1: I love the wash your mind analogy. It's how good. do you yeah. wash your mind? Yeah, it's so <laughs> Some sort of it's toothbrush gorgeous. in the ears, up the nose. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, if you think
2: about how does a performer um, prepare for going on stage to elevate the energy of the audience? Mm. To, so so you've got to elevate your energy to a higher frequency, if you like, to create change, Jimmy. Jimmy? How uh-huh. do you elevate yourself <laughs> before uh, well, you get out? Um,
1: there? Pills?
2: No, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's so many natural ways. So what you do, what I do, is um, you know I'll watch something inspiring on YouTube in the morning, mm-hmm. um, rather than the news. And you know I'll fuel myself with water and and a, gr- and a great um, breakfast. Yeah. Um, I'll go for a walk with my dogs. Um, Movements I'll really powerful, isn't it? Really Change important. the mood. You can process your emotions by moving, stretching and exercising mm. because your muscles are connected to your brain via the nervous system. But in Chinese medicine we connect emotions
0: to our muscles and organs too, mm. different podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, and the one we'll thing I, I <laughs> did remember from my – I did a master's in clinical nutrition and we did some neuroscience yeah. is BDNF or brain-derived neurotropic factor. Basically this chemical is produced in our brain when we exercise yes. and it has the ability – for neuroplasticity for us to grow new blo- brain cells yes. and remodel our brain cells yes. and the only way to produce this BDNF is through exercise. Love that. And That's true. Doing some sort of movement every day will really literally um, create new brain cells and yeah. change the modeling of the brain. And
2: another tip is uh, what I've found is on those um, on stressful days, you might choose restorative exercise like walking, tai chi, yoga, pilates, because you don't want to exacerbate that alarm state. That's but right. But on the days where you feel really good, you might do functional training, crossfit, weight training. So mm. strength and endurance is very important as well. Um, I wash my mind with meditation and journaling. Mm-hmm. So I've um, got eBooks on my website which which helps people. Um, but I teach them um, one-on-one with coaching where you can, there's um, simple, great, very effective um, meditations. Um, There's actually lots of links to my website. I I love the scanning one where you can put some, you know, I imagine warm oil at the top of my head and Mm. I'll just let it flush through all of my, like my eyes, my face, my brain, my spine, and let the warm oil go out to all, any pain or any dis ease going on within mm. your system and when you're more aware of what's going on with you with your journaling you can get all of your thoughts out of your head onto paper it's like closing tabs on a computer yeah and the more you are calm and in the moment and present you are in your most creative state and we're letting go of that stressful state where we're thinking of the past too much or over analyzing the future you know when you're in your head yeah you can feel it you know yeah. you're in your head and you're not in your heart space and when you're in your head predominantly you might experience neck and shoulder pain as well
0: For those people that don't meditate often or haven't done it before, and I'm definitely one of them, and I'm always in my head, I bought the most innovative things I've ever seen, these headset things. They're called Muse, and you put them on to meditate. And what they do is they've got little electrodes and they measure your brain impulses and they give you a score for how much during that meditation time you actually let go. And yeah. I guess for someone I like feedback, I wanna know, yeah, okay, I tried yeah. to meditate, don't think that works so well. Data. What's my score? And then I'll try and beat it. Now, I've only had them a week, I've only used them a couple of times, but I, I guess for anyone who's listening who is You know, not really um, someone who's done a lot of meditation, they don't know how to measure it or if it's working. I found these Muse headphones for
2: feedback. really cool.
0: Another cool thing to do is, um, and if
2: you really want to focus on a project, an album on Spotify called Binaural Beats. Uh There's a meditation one, there's a focus one, and it – it's it's a tone of music that um, al- alters your brain waves in that more relaxed state. Oh. Another tip is, other than journaling and meditating and moving and eating right, is you know to understand what you're believing. Obviously, it's very, it can be very subconscious. We push our beliefs down, especially away um, subconsciously, particularly if they're stressful. So obviously um, there's techniques to get into the subconscious such as kinesiology, but something you can do every day is catch your reactions because Mm. your reactions are a mirror image of what you're believing. Mm. So let's say um, person A wakes up and they're a person that, you know they're believing in their lives that nothing really works out for me they're going through a hard time they're feeling a bit negative they can't get out of that mindset so person a wakes up they lose their keys and they're late to work they might react like this oh crap of course i lost my keys today not another thing <laughs> yeah. right everything's a mirror life. image of what mm. we're bel- exactly mm, yeah. but person b wakes up they're a person that <laughs> they're a person that's um they're more believing you yeah, know things do work out for me and they're in a more positive mindset on that day they lose their keys. They're late for work. They might react more like this. Ah, oh, crap! Lost my keys. Oh well, problem solved. Move forward. They're not. It's not going to get to them as much. If something yeah. is really getting under your skin, ask yourself what belief is that making true? Is it? Is that belief even true? And how can I change my mind about it? That's what Ben like bamboo is all about.
1: Mm. I find it interesting, you know, we, back to performer things, that's something I know. Um, I, was, I did this show called Dancing in the Stars, you may or may not know it, last year, and it was something wild and crazy, never done in my life. It's just ridiculous, mm. dancing live in front of the nation. Wow. Like, and you were, you
0: were amazing. Well,
1: stop. I'll pay you later. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, we did this thing. Uh, the whole cast would get around and we had this uh, wonderful creative director, Kelly Abbey. She's a legend in musical theatre and, um, and choreography. She's She's done everything. Um, she was our creative director, director, and she was our voice of, you know, reason and calmness. At this moment, where there's 300 people in the studio, you know there's, you know, 15 cameras around capturing every single moment. You've rehearsed this thing all week, um, but it comes down to this one and a half minutes that you've got yeah. to do, and yet something so foreign to you. And she would center us all. She'd get us all in a circle. She would. It was a meditation. There was music going in the background. There's. You know, the crowd getting warmed up by the warm-up guy. Everyone's rehearsing their lines, whatever, in the background. It's crazy. And you might be first, you might be second, whatever. Um, and she just really focused us. And it might yeah. sound to the outside, it it was, it was looks a bit naff or whatever, you know, and you're like, ah, here's the theatre people doing their thing. But it really helped. It, it would have been so She would so stand in a, in a circle and you couldn't hear anything. Everyone yeah. would close their eyes, would all hold hands, and she, she'd have these motivational uh, phrases that you tell us, you know, yeah. you breathe in all the negative energy and um, breathe out. Uh, Breath is yeah, so important. Yeah, breathe in, breathe out. Yeah. Um, and imagine there was light shining from all parts of your body, um, and it, you're you're going out there to entertain, um, but focus yeah. on yeah. you and your partner, because yeah. that's what it's all about. And it, in and it, the moment and, and present. And she was always yeah. she would always talk about this over dancing thing, which mm-hmm. someone who's never done it before, you're like, what the hell is that? Yeah. But when you go out there the first time, and there's fifty thousand other senses going on. You would do it. You would yeah. feel like you're not in control like you would be. And she really just every single week she's like you've just got to centre yourself. You've just yeah. got to calm down almost and just yeah. do go through these steps and Feel this connection with the floor, and it, and it really helped. It was it, at first mm. maybe the first show, oh, yeah. You all, everyone wanted to be crazy, and it was all like whoa. I kind of get it, and, yeah. and by the third or fourth show, you were like Kelly, you're a legend. I need you. Can we do more of this? Mm. Yeah, no,
2: I absolutely agree. I mean, you think back in the day when we used to have to run from a tiger. That's when we, our autonomic yeah. system, autonomic nervous system, was switch on into fight or flight. But then we would go back into nature and we would calm down. Whereas now in our modern world, we are all always over the place. on. Mm. Yeah, and yeah particularly on the stage, nerves, yeah. all that. But if you think of your everyday life, mm. um, if you can set your mindset up from the start of the day to be elevated and optimal and present in the moment, um, when th- whatever happens over the course of the day, you're going to handle and deal with it better and that's going to impact whether you're firing growth and repair or survival and stress. And that is how you can you know, potentially heal your mind and body. This
0: is so empowering and I guess our listeners are going to want to know what does a day in your life look like? And so take us, um, you know, through your, do you have an exercise routine? What do you eat and how much, how much are you working? How do you sleep? So how does one recover like you have from MS and how do you live a a healthier life?
2: Every day is different. Um, I, um, what's really important, um, to me is all of my work is very passion and purpose based. Yeah. Um, that. Um, And when I find that I'm growing, I'm elevating. Um, I sleep, I get to bed um, between 9 and 10 because we have a second spike of cortisol, isn't it, 11 p.m.? Yeah. Um, So I get to bed quite early and I always rise naturally between 6 and 7 a.m., depending on if Henry, my little pug, is not (laughs) trying to get his morning (laughs) breakfast. Yeah. and, you know, I journal, I meditate, I eat well, I go for a walk and um, I'm either at the clinic seeing my beautiful clients um, in Camberwell, that's where my private practice is, mm-hmm. um, and uh, if I'm not there, I'm working on some exciting new projects, which, you know, watch this Ooh. space, which we'll talk better later, <laughs> but, um, uh, or I'm doing um, workshops with businesses. So I, I love putting my finger in lots of different pies but everything is all about how to help people to believe in themselves and how to optimize their mind and body um, to be happy and and healthy what do i eat um i mix it up i i I really focus on nutrients that um promote repair and you know green leafy vegetables deeply colored fruits and vegetables i love beefy food
0: Aww. Oh, food
2: is amazing. <laughs> I love your breakfasts. I Aww. really, really do. I think you've done such an incredible job of nailing the importance of, um, you know, the, the right nutrition and making it easy for people. And it's just such quality ingredients. So well done, you. I know how hard it is.
0: Oh, thank you. Um,
2: so you should be very proud. And um, so sometimes I have ready-made meals. Sometimes I love cooking for myself. Um, you know, when I do, I, I really, um, focus on ethically sourced, um, food.
0: Yeah. As well. Fantastic.
2: Um, and yeah, and I just connection, connection with my, um, loved ones is really important. Connect when you're connected to yourself, you're more inclined to connect to those around you. Um, and you know, just be the example, try and not judge Always share wisdom, not baggage,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
2: try and do that all day. And then that will elevate your energy as well. Everything is a mirror image of what we're believing and if you're feeling negative about something or you want something more in your life, dish it out to others more, you know. And I just love living a life that's I want to walk my talk and the more and more I do that, just amazing things come to me.
1: Well, speaking of talking, you're an MS ambassador, but you're also a motivational speaker. Yes. Um, And you speak a lot. How do you prepare for a show? It is a show.
2: (laughs) I try. I I get out of my head. I try not to make it about me. Mm. And I just try and ground myself with meditation, breathing, really because we, you know, deep breaths um, and I remember why I'm doing it. And then I just try and talk with a sparkle through my eye and and just connect to their souls rather than worrying about what I'm saying or what I look like. I just try and not make it about me and then
0: everything usually works out. I I love that. You, You can so tell when someone's on the stage and they're not there. Yeah, for them because they're there for the audience and the crowd. Your ego and, comes out, and you're yeah.
2: just like, "Oh, and, and no one cares. That's no one right. cares. They're thinking about themselves. Yeah. Um, and and that's what we do as humans. Whereas my mission is to to you know swap that around and for them to awaken as I talk. And you know, I we all have a story. You know, yeah. and we all um, are just trying to do our best um, to find to live our lives in the happiest and healthiest of ways. And I, I've just found some tools, and I love sharing sharing that. And um, and and that's just what I love doing. Um, I can't believe I've made a career out of it.
0: It's <laughs> amazing, and you do practice what you preach, and everything you. you say, you can tell how raw it is, and it's it's your passion, and that's. That's why you're amazing at this. And thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast oh my today. Gosh, thank you so much for having me. I had so much fun. You
1: can get all the info at amandacampbell.com.au for Correct. all your little tools and thanks. things we mentioned. Uh, yes. Yeah, thanks for coming in. It's so great to hear your story and thanks for sharing the time with us. Thanks, Jimmy. Thanks. The Eat Yourself Better podcast is brought to you by Be Fit Food Australia. Rapid weight loss delivered to your door. Visit befitfood.com.au.
0: Eat Yourself Better podcast is brought to you by Be Fit Food, where food is the first medicine.